Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker, with your co-host, Hirav Nissen. We look forward to creating a mental health awareness, and we'll see out to the Shmaya to be able to answer some of your questions. But really, the awareness is something that creates a major change. So I want to thank the Rabbi Shalom for this chus, and for especially for all our callers that call in with your questions. The number to call up to ask your question or your comment is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. We have three little requests. Number one, for if you're going to ask your question, please be aware we will not remove your question. We take adults, and if we have children calling up, we have their parents' permission. Please be aware it's a Vashna, a very popular program, but we get pretty often people asking us to remove questions. Believe that we will not remove the question, so just think about it before you ask your question. And the other two requests that we have, number one, it should be family appropriate for children ages 8 and above because we have children ages 8 and above listening to these programs, as well as if it's a parenting question under the age of 8, we won't be addressing because those are skills-based. So therefore, basically any question or comment, mental health should be family appropriate, and with an honor and a schos, we are proud to be able to take your question and your comments. The number again to ask your question is 718-683-5858. And we have, we're going to our first caller, Mrs. S. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello. Firstly, thank you for giving me the chance to ask the question. I hope it's an appropriate question because it's um, about teaching, but it's not actually about teaching. It's more of an awareness. May I ask the question? Well, again, uh, it's, you can give an awareness, but is it appropriate? I'll use the word sneers appropriate. I think it's okay. I think it's okay for children to hear the question. Um, I want to know if it's okay for you if I pose the question. I'm okay with anything. You can comment as long as it's news. Go ahead. Um, fortunately, we lost we lost uh, the the caller from England. Uh, oh, uh, so okay. Uh, okay, please call again. Uh, we we'll put you back. So we go to Mr. S. Okay, Mr. S. You're on with Mordechai. On jrootradio.com. Hello. Yes. Oh, hi. Um. Yes, hi, you're on. We got to speak. Okay, I would like to ask you a question. Um, is there something that can help me out there about not being able to sleep at night? You I just want you to understand here. It's like imagine you're asking someone, "Is there anything to do to help me learn?" Your question is so broad, which means recognize there could be physical issues of sleep apnea. There could be weight. There could these are just physical stuff. What you're eating before, there can be emotional stuff, stress, anxiety. There could be shalom bias issues. There could be stress about kids. There can be diabetes or other stuff going on. There is stress about business. My question is, I used to be asleep, and lately it's been eating away my sleep. Okay. So no, what's your question? So you sure. got your answer. Deal with it. Make the choices and deal with it. Mm-hmm. I think your question is a lot deeper. I want you to realize when people come to me as a client, this is something that I, we have them deal with. you got to be, there are no magic pills out there. So if you tell me the issue is stress, I owe a lot of money, what are you going to make changes? How are you going to borrow the money? How are you going to pay it back? It might take you 10 years. Or you've got to give more words. I want to be able to give more words. My question is, is, is emotional therapy the place to turn to? Well, let's put it this way. If it's a physical issue, you deal with physical stuff. If it's an emotional issue, you deal with emotional stuff. You make the decision. What do you think? Maybe you don't need emotional help. Maybe you need a financial guidance planner. I'm just wondering what it has to do with the sleep. 
Okay, I'll let you figure it out. Let's play it out. Let's let's work it out together. What do you think stress about finances has to do with your sleep? You sound like a smart guy. I'm being very honest with you. I'm playing with you a little because you sound intelligent. So I'm treating you like I teach my, like I treat my intelligent clients. Instead of me telling it to you, we'll have you think it out, figure it out. Yeah, let me think about it. What is the question? Good. So I tell you, I have a lot of stress financially in my in my business right now. Why is it affecting my sleep? What would you say? It's the stress of the next day. How are you going to face it? Good. And then why should that affect my sleep tonight? I can't, that, that's something I can't get. Because so I'll help you out. The brain around, works very simple, best. especially the subconscious brain. is Whatever we imagine, that's what we're going to feel right now. That's how anxiety works. People can have fears about the future. People can have fears about the past. And you would feel it right now. So the subconscious part of the brain is a part that what we imagine is what we're going to feel. Therefore, if you're now at night and you're worried about tomorrow, the more you're worried about how you're going to face tomorrow, the stronger you're going to feel the anxiety right now as if it's actually happening tomorrow. My next question is, is there, you said there's no uh, magic trick, but if I visit a therapist or something... Can they change the patterns in the subconscious? Well, that's, again, complicated because many of the solutions aren't subconscious. People like the word subconscious and right away jump to hypnosis or something like that. No, that's not what we do. You might have to make difficult decisions. They might not be easy. Sometimes people never have to sell a house. They have to move to a a smaller apartment. It's not easy. It's not, not easy. I'm telling you, it's very not easy. But at least when you deal with it head on, you'll be able to survive. You'll be able to live with it. Not making choices, postponing it, avoiding it will create greater anxiety. Okay, that's helpful also a bit. And a therapist can help me... They can only make it as clear as the information that you share. I want you just to understand that that therapy is called self-disclosure. So uh, let's say I speak to a father and tells me 10 problems a kid has, and the kid gives me permission to speak to the father first. And then when I do the intake on the kid and the kid only tells me three things, how do you expect me to help the other seven if the person never brings it up? So a therapist can help you out with based on the information that you share they're able to help you identify some patterns, but they will not tell you what to do. They, will not, they can only make an awareness. They might even show you that you might have more issues than you're even aware of. Like, how did you get to this situation? Sometimes people see that they have a weak self-esteem and they had to help the whole world to get a little COVID or to get a little respect. Some people have a, a spouse, a husband or a wife that says they need stuff and they have to support that type of a lifestyle. Some people just just got into the the addictive way of thinking of I got to have more and more and more and not looking at the risks. We there might be some deeper core issues that will take a lot longer to heal. So finances, when people come with one problem, unfortunately, as a therapist, we see on a technical level it sometimes takes a lot longer to heal. So there's definitely an emotional component. No, don't say that. I didn't say it's definitely an emotional component. You first didn't rule out the physical components. I don't know who you are. I did not do an intake. I don't want you to take anything of my words right now as guidance to you. I did not do an evaluation. I did not ask you about your parents. I did not ask you about your shalom bias. I did not ask you about how much you're working. I did not ask you about how and what's your financial stress. I did not ask how it started. I did not ask how you're dealing with your family. This is all that I do in an intake that gives me an idea who you are. I did not hear about how's your basic state of your How is your relationship with yourself? How do you say no? How do you to yourself and to others? How do you say yes? These are all classical questions I need to get with almost every client in an intake. The way you say no is how I understand if that's an issue. Is the codependence? Is that what got you into the financial issue? 
Is it a marriage issue? Is it a parent issue, a family issue? Do you need to save the entire world? These are all bits of information that we then have an idea of what's going on by you. And now we can start forming, first understanding how you got into the rut. Now what's the refuah? I did not get any of those information from you. I'm not sure not every therapist makes this whole intake, as you put it down. Okay, and so many places they even do a lot more extend uh, a lot more extensive intake. They do a three session intake. They do two hours and fifteen minutes for an intake. So again, so here's where we have relief that I love referring to them. You can speak to them what your issues, and they make the referrals to a therapist or someone like that. I just want you to hear the awareness that we're creating to everyone listening that when there are patterns in our lives and we have difficulties, financial difficulties or shown bias difficulties, a lot that we focus on, a lot of what we do is simply based on looking for patterns, for what's the underlying core, why did it happen. It is possible that it's just Menashe Mayim, the Rabbi Shalom did that. It is possible that, that it's none of the above. There's so much going on that we don't know. So again, we're here to create an awareness. So what the awareness that we created is, if someone's got a lot of stress financially and it's hard to face the next day, yes, emotionally it will affect your sleep. That's yes. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, it's hard to swallow. Why? Okay, clarify. Which part is hard to swallow? Um, the reality. Which part? That if you'd like to share it, which part that information that I said is hard to swallow? Rav Nissan, what do you say to all this? Yeah, <laughs> we all, we all, as the, the stress is the, it's our generation, I would say, that uh, especially finance can cause you a lot of sleep, uh, you know, sleeping disorder. Uh, I want to ask you, Mordechai, uh, what do you think about this a new device, the electronic device that released stress that's working on the serotonin? I saw it recently i have no idea about this what is it it's like electronic device that you put it on uh, on your headband and it's basically uh, pulsing some electronic uh, signal to the brain and um they claim i think it's uh, the fisher kimbell something this the company that uh, it's already tested it got the fda approval this year wow I know of a machine which is called TMS, and that's very serious. We need a doctor to do it, and then they could have someone else. Um, that's it actually stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation, where there's a magnet that goes almost on your brain, and you see your thumb moving when they hit the spot, and that works for depression. But that you need a doctor running it or setting it up, and then they have a technician that can run it. So again, just to understand from what I know, the little that I know about these types of therapy that actually works, like that affects the brain and the body, usually they need to be done by a doctor. So here is like people like natural. So this is a magnetic system called TMS, but it really goes into the brain. Like you put like a magnet at specific spots on the brain, and when you raise the level to the right numbers or whatever it should be, the right whatever we want to call it, megahertz, you actually see your thumb starting to move. That's how they know they're reaching the right spot. I'll try to find exactly what the name yeah. is. Uh, it's, it's and you'll send me maybe a message during the week. Yeah, I can yes. research it a little. Oh, really? Okay, this is, uh, according to them, it's also reducing pain and all this. But uh, Sure. Again, Look, I'm a big believer in a lot of these natural stuff. I do believe in them. I believe they're the first step before therapy, before everything is going natural. That means... When everything is going well, take now vitamins, everyone. Listen up. Take vitamins now. Exercise now, not when you have a problem. Exercise, hard exercise, where you're sweating, is, where, is actual creating the, it raises the whole serotonin and almost every part of the brain, every hormone. You want free medication without medication? Exercise now when you're healthy. Have your children, teenagers exercise now when they're healthy. Not once it's a problem and then it's too slow or too little to get the system going. Okay. Good. So let's go back to our call. So Mr. S, what, what is hard? What part are you hearing from that little questions that I asked during, a, during an intake? I did hear a few patterns, which he said. 
Yeah. My question in the beginning was, I want to be able to switch off at least when I sleep. Maybe I'll be able to make better decisions the next day, but it's it's unbelievable. Are you just rolling in bed? It's crazy. Yep, that is called stress and anxiety, and that also means that your brain, let's, I'm going to be a little bit more direct, means you avoid the issues, so now your brain is shutting you down. That's not letting you sleep. That means you have been using this pattern for a while that you get to bed, you're able to shut down the problems for tomorrow, and then tomorrow somehow you try to avoid the issues. So now your brain is saying, sorry, I'm not going to let you avoid it anymore. Most people that I work on that has anxiety or stresses, their secrets, how they try to avoid the issues, the brain says, you can't avoid it. I can't allow you to avoid it. We've got to make decisions. And therefore, it starts keeping you up at night and makes other choices. So any awareness? Say that again? Any uh, any advice? I sure. Know you about tackling the issues but... head on. Sit down with your wife or with a friend or a relative or someone that you're very close to or of. Start writing down the five biggest issues you have to deal with and start tackling them head on. And the minute you start dealing with it head on, you're going to start feeling better. You might have a hard time with it, but you might have other emotional pains. Family members, people might not be happy. People you might owe money will actually find out that you owe them money. Children might have to make different choices. For example, I've recently heard some of the Nebuch lost the finances and trying to, and going into debt to keep on supporting two, three of their married children. Eventually, they had to tell them, sorry, the money is completely run out. And then the sons or son-in-laws were complaining, why didn't we have a five-month notice or anything? And the answer is because they just lost the money, and they went to Chavis for four or five months. But that's the reality. So there's sometimes when we lose money, we need to face and make decisions or inform people that is very painful for us and for them. I'm not denying it. I'm not saying there are easy times going ahead. Not at all. And I don't want to sound like I'm, like I'm unsympathetic at all. All I'm saying is that you're getting some very strong messages from your mind, and you need to face them. Um, but a long-term ther- uh, therapy like analytical is not going to be the solution now, is it? So here is we need to give an entire now, a whole new... You just opened up another mesechta, which is different types of therapy. So we need to understand what they're good for. So when you speak to psychoanalysis, that's a therapy where you go to two, three times a week, and you're talking about your feelings and emotions and stuff going on. You need to know if you're now in a crisis situation, you need more crisis management situation. Crisis management therapy is more let's deal with right here, right now. And what choices do you have to make? We're not here to talk about your feelings. We might also talk about your feelings, what's holding you back, but right now you've got to make decisions. What strength do you need to make the decision? Who are the biggest people you're afraid of? What solutions can we have how to face them? It's very here and now. It is dealing with your emotions, but we're not talking about when your mother didn't look at you in fifth grade and therefore you're in pain. The focus is now right now. Your business is going down. How can you save your, let's say, or how can you save your business? You need to fire some people. You have a hard time firing them. How are you going to fire them? How are you going to do it? What solutions are there? That's a very different type of therapy than analysis. So now it's a whole different mesecta. What type of therapy do you need? Your original question was, if you have stress financially, can it affect your business, your sleep? And the answer is definitely. It can be of the factors that are affecting your sleep. It can also be physical stuff as well. Harv Nissen, yeah. what do you say uh, to uh, all uh, this? You see, that I would say that uh, is a matter of, um, you know, some... Sometimes a small techniques of uh, meditation can be a, re- a release of you know. But again, as Rabbi Mordechai, I'm not you know. You don't know, we don't know the background. We don't know nothing. But uh, I know that you are really in suffer right now, and we feel really uh, feel your pain about it. Sometimes I would say that meditate on Enod Milvado, Enod Milvado. Nothing is you know, and everything what is coming to us is only for good. And if you are Baal Emunah, 
And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm sure so. You know that everything is for good. And even it's like small stuff that happen to us every day and the stress of finance and the mortgage and the rent and the business, all this stuff. You just close your eyes and see the Kadosh Baruch Hu. See him, you know, and I tell you, it's helping. And go to sleep, make her kiyat and give your soul to him. And everything, you know what, it will work together. Uh, I I can I, to prevent uh, therapies. I, I'm not I'm not the one that I can advise you this. Yeah. Maybe I'll call back next week to see what's going on. Okay. With which part? Yeah, please. I would love yes. to hear an update. And once you're actually making the decisions, let's see what happens. I'm not sure I will say that uh, on air. Ah. Okay. 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 We'll go back to. Well, I'll try. Okay. Okay. Please, please. And the Rebbein Shalom should give you siyata deshmaya and the koyach to go through this difficult time. Oh, I, I'd like to thank you, as as uncomfortable as it is, but you're probably the first person to call up and to share. There, you know, there can be someone with financial difficulties. Where in Klal Yisrael, it's causing a lot of stress. I deal with a huge amount of families that are go through that pain, go through that difficulty. And you're sharing it openly. And yes, to start the awareness that when there is can, stress, can, when there's financial can, issues, it causes us to lose sleep. It definitely causes us to our effect how we react to children, to our wives, or sometimes the other way, how the wives to their husband. And it's important to start discussing about this openly. So I, th- I thank you for bringing up the, dis- the discussion, and I am so sad that it's actually you in this matter. And the Rebbein Shalom should give you kayach and siyata deshmaya. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll go to, uh, back to Mrs. F, okay? Mrs. S, hi. You're on again with Mordechai, and thank you for being up all the way at this late hour with from England. Well, I have to thank you, because it's, I mean, Romney, there's a terrible um, echo. The echo by you. Can you hear my voice? Yes, again? yes, it's an echo on our part, but Fine. when people listen to it, okay. they don't hear the echo. Okay, no problem. Um, so, firstly, I'm, I appreciate the fact that I can ask this question because I've learned a tremendous amount from listening to your advice, and I've also taken the parenting course. In the, um, when was it? In summer or something? So I've learned a very, very lot, and I do appreciate your advice. I thank you for giving me the chance to ask the question. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I've been teaching on and off for many years, and this is not a question about teaching actually. It's about trying to change um, an emotional state in a class. I have a class at the moment where I'm teaching them math, so it's a very intelligent subject, and they are intelligent girls, and they're working very, very beautifully. I do know, though, that in the past they've had a bit of a difficulty with their attitude, I think, to school or to learning. And it didn't really come across in my classroom much because they're doing very well, Baruch Hashem, and they're clever girls. It, they, they're split the class. They're according to... Um, sorry, it's just a bit so hard to rehear myself talk. But, okay, let me yeah. think. They're split according to ability. And that's why this is a clever class, so it didn't really come across much. But today, Baruch Hashem, when I gave him a lesson that was much less learning, then I realized that this negative energy that I was hearing about from the past, different teachers or, or my mother or whatever it is, um, it's really still there. And I, as a teacher, would like to know, what is your advice that I can try and do something that when I walk into the class, I can try and bring in the positive energy towards the girls and the subject or the learning or whatever it is that they're feeling negative, that even if it's only something undercurrent, it should come across to the class and should help them with Hashem's help to be able to see the lesson in a positive light, even though it's not such an important subject, it's only math. But the fact is they're learning it and they're doing well and they're getting compliments. And it's a shame that they've got this negative undercurrent. And it's a shame. if I can do something about it, I would have liked some advice. Oh, let me just share with you. I have a teacher's training workshop where we spend about probably 18 hours of teaching this. 
plus another eight hours to maybe 10 hours of questions and answers that reinforces that information. So you want to know how you change a negative energy in students. Let me just share you just some of the basic information that you made as a simple question in information, like the same reason why we don't do a uh, why we don't do a, a parenting question is the same. You're asking me how do you change. You want detailed answers. We can create an awareness. I'm just going to create an awareness of levels of skills that needs to be happened for a teacher to realize. Thanks. Just in the awareness. Number one, is it older girls? Is it one girl? Is it a group of girls? Number two, what's your belief? What's your ability? No, I don't want you to answer them. I'm not going to be able to answer your question. I just want you to have right, an right, awareness right, right. Now, of how I many levels of skills. I and, and listen to your questions again, and I can try and think through the answers myself. Okay, but I'm, I find it difficult when I'm trying to explain that it's, it's skills, it's knowledge, it's training-based. I'm not trying to knock you down in any which way, but you're asking a very complicated question. So I'll just share with you some of the information. How many girls is it? Okay. Is it just one or two? Are these girls having the issues at home? Means are they a family issue that that's their attitude? Number three, your skills. What knowledge and information do you have how to turn it around? Number four, do you have the help of the principal and guidance how to do that? Number five, do you have someone to run it off, to run it by you, like another teacher who to start setting up a game plan how to? Do? Number five, once you're aware now, what are the target issues? Now you're going to start having the training to be aware. How are you going to create the positivity? Who's going to be Mahazakut to keep the positivity in there? What are you going to do when some of the girls are going to be following, but that one girl is going to be holding it back and is going to make that comment, which is going to create the negativity? How are you going to deal with that one girl? What are the six skills that you're going to be using to create now positive for the rest of the girls, regardless of these girls? How will you now create a separate group in the class to create positive modes in that level. Number seven, what are you going to be doing now while the class is happening, while they're learning these skills and they're going to fall back, which is normal, what are you going to do to have that? Number eight, once you have all this planned out in advance, how are you going to start instituting it to the class? I just want you to realize this is just some of the information that we're supplying for the teachers and for Rebbeim when you are running the class. Then we have the next step. What are We teach each of the kids the different natures based on the Eishmaim, Ruach, and Ofer and how to speak to those different natures. So you're going to want to know these girls or for whatever reason the class is negative, what is their nature and how do you want to speak to them based on that level? This is just some of the information. So do you realize that when you ask or when a parent asks me a how-to question, Sometimes it could take it takes weeks to train in the teacher's workshop to give, and in therapy these are many times um, issues that we deal with one on one. If someone doesn't have the inner ability, how to do that? So that's why when people ask how to questions, it's very difficult to share with that. I can give you the short answer that everyone loves short answers, and the short answer is to start having everyone write down every day one little story or once a week a story of positivity that happened in their life or a positive story, something along those lines. Or if you want another quick answer, everyone should write something positive about another girl and have that girl then read it. So what they do sometimes is they put a girl's name on top, so let's say Mordechai Weinberger, and each one has it, and then you pass the paper to the girl right next to them. So it's his name, Mordechai Weinberger. Everyone has to write one strength. So someone can say... He is confident. Wonderful. Another one can say he speaks on the radio. Another one can say he works very well with Rev Nissen together. So by the time, and you want them to have different ones. Each one's got to think of something different, a positive about that girl. So by the time the paper makes around the class, they end up having about 30 positives about them. Wow. Is it, but, when I think through these questions, do you suggest I think through them in a similar way as you suggested when we did the parenting course? So the teacher's workshop is similar to the parenting course, which means it has the BC triple P double R, and we use that okay. same theory, but we gear it for teachers, and we understand teachers need to use their principles. The principles need to be there to, for them to help them. They need another, let's say, co-teacher to work with them. You need more. When you're managing 20 girls or 30 girls, it's more no, than just... This a, is a small class, actually. Oh, Okay. 
that it's just the concept of having someone on top of you working with someone, having ideas. Right. But yeah, it's very similar to the parenting class, but yet it's very different, but it's still similar. So if you did so the parenting, then definitely. I, yeah, right. Uh, now, I'm really, really grateful because I spoke to somebody above within the school, and she didn't think that you'd have an answer. And, if, and I do want her to listen to this. There are so many answers. This is an Aleph-based question that, again, Rav Nissen, that I believe that teachers and Rebbeim should have a training and have someone there with them. Like, it's a skills race. Rav Nissen, have you learned how to be in construction all on your own, or did you take workshops or courses, or if there's something new, someone will show it to you, the basic stuff? I think that's the purpose of Jared Radio, basically. All the time, we just said. Uh, we never le- go to university to be uh, parents, we never go to be a um, uh, husband and wife, and many of us don't go to to learn uh, to be a teacher, unfortunately. That's right. No, but it's not a, a problem that I've had before, and, and I've taught many classes. No, no, I'm not so saying, Hasram, you're not a good teacher. What we're no. saying is it's normal to have difficult classes, and it's normal to have sometimes children, especially, I've speak to Rebbeim and to teachers, and they say, Ten years ago, they might have had one or two kids with it. Today's days, having in classes five kids an issue, which makes it that much harder to teach when you've got a large number of kids that are having issues. I would like to add that it's beautiful that you ask the question because it shows that you're a good teacher and a good Thank person. you for the really, reminiscence. That's it's, my it's, ama- it's amazing because, you know, unfortunately Thanks we found so many times teachers that, you know, I know everything and that's my way or the I way. And it's not working. I was sure that there was something out there that I can in, um, bring into my class that will make a difference from my point of view. And I wanted to, I didn't know what it was. So I was searching for it and I thought I would pose the question. Sure. Let's just go with the same theory in the parenting workshop. Everything starts from the top. If you will get the skills, the tools, you can speak to. Find out some of the bigger schools. They have school therapists there and they might just be able to guide you and give you couple of simple tips. This is normal. Very, really very normal. Your time. Yeah, sure. You're welcome. I want you to know. Thank Children, you. if you've got four or five kids that are negative, they're already a substantial number that can affect the entire class. But doesn't mean we should allow the class to continue going year after year and negative because the teacher, like it overwhelms the teacher. It is within our power to change that. It is, and it's our job as teachers on Rebbeim to be able to change that. The issue is, again, I'm, I'm not here to attack the system and everything, but sometimes we've got to pay the teachers on Rebbeim a little bit more. We've got to make sure they can get the training. So we're starting now with Torah and Mithorah. They start giving trainings. They are. But we need sometimes, like therapists, sometimes go for a year training. I'm just trying to get an eight an eight-part training, and, and that's not that simple to get schools to sign up and everything that goes along with it. No, I'm sure it isn't easy because not every single school has got this idea of thinking. This idea of having an emotional awareness in a classroom is foreign to many schools. I mean, it should yeah. be at this stage and age. It should be more open. But not everybody is open to it. Yeah. But Baruch Hashem, we're creating that awareness. So thank you for that. Man, I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Much. Again, I want to thank Rav Nissen for really trumping your, your horn and saying and what a pleasure it is that you're asking because I got a little in the overwhelm where there is so much information that I have, like what to impart, and it really is. So it's very possible. I'll share with you one more little bit of detail. If you can find the three, four girls that create the negativity... Give them some one-on-one time, specifically them. Maybe at recess you put them together. You just talk to them two minutes. You compliment them. When you give them one-on-one time, people love attention. And then you can start wiring in with them, start like downloading some information, saying, you know, I'm going to ask this question about a positive or a happy story. Can you think of a story? And when they think of a story, like with you, then tell them, great, so I want you girls to raise the hand. So sometimes you can get the negative people involved and get them to be more positive. They will then change within themselves, which will then change the entire class. Again, these are little tips that can help, but it's not 
the full benefit of taking a workshop, of getting knowledge, learning the skills, of believing in yourself as a leader, that you can change anything and everything with Yidar HaTev on the class. It's within the teacher's power. Thank you so much for really making me aware. Already a while ago, and I was sure that, that you'd have something to say with Hashem's help that will really give that strength and the awareness. And with Hashem's help, hopefully, I'll be able to do it. And if if one day I have the skill to take the, the workshop again, then maybe I will. But in the meantime, you have given me tools and things to think through to be able to tackle the next time. Yeah. Thank you so much again. Sure. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, we go to Mr. M. Mr. M, you're on with Nisim and Rav Mordechai. Harav Mordechai. You're on with Mordechai. You're on with Harav Nisim and Mordechai. Q. Yeah. Hello, Mr. M? Hello. Seems like... Uh Looks like we got disconnected. Just no, for people to call and to know okay. the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. We'll go to Miss L. Miss L, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello, Mr. M. Yeah. Hello. Looks like we got disconnected. Just for people to call and to know the number is... Oh, Hello? Okay. Rob Nissen sounds like a prank call. Let's disconnect them, please. Thank you. Okay. So, let's just read a message from a person. So, the, per- the call is concerned they won't be able to sleep because he's nervous about tomorrow. A, if you tell your brain you won't be able to sleep, then you're right. He won't be able to sleep. I need you to recognize that's not true at a certain level. means it's almost like saying, if you imagine you're going to have a million dollars, you're going to have it right now. No, there's a process. There's a concept of positive thinking. But when there is a concern right now, you can't be naive and just say wishful thinking, I think I will, sir, I'll go to sleep and I'll fall asleep. That's not how the brain works. There is a real concern, a real crisis, and you need to face it, and the brain will not allow you to just say, yeah, I'm telling you I can fall asleep. There is now a process of how to speak to your brain, recognizing the fear, the reality, but if you avoid issues at a certain point, you will not be able to. So if I would tell the guy, yes, I'm telling you, you'll be able to, like those are the olive bays, the people that don't know much about therapy, and someone says, I'm having anxiety. No, 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 it's not anxiety. You can't be naive. Wake up. So I disagree with that point that you've mentioned. I do believe that there is a power if you tell someone it's okay and there's a placebo effect that the person can move on. But here the guy has a real active issue. It's almost like, would you tell a person with a broken foot? No, it's not broken, just keep on walking. Why is it that if you understand that there is a broken leg, that the person cannot just keep on walking because it's broken? And if a person's got a real issue, a real financial issue that's happening, you can't just say ignore it; it's going to disappear. Harv Nissen, do you agree with that? I tell you, I was on the phone. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get. I'm nothing. just reading the message where the person was saying uh, one of the messages that he sent me. The person said that because I told the person that you won't be able to sleep, now I said he won't be able to sleep. But if I said he could sleep, then he will be able to sleep. And basically, what I'm saying is, there are certain times where placebo, where if a person says, "Nah, it's okay, you'll move on." But if someone really has financial issues, he's got to face a serious issue the next day. You can't just wishful thinking, oh, it's all going to be okay. That's not how the brain works. You need to have a mahalach. Once you have a mahalach, the brain feels we can deal with it. Then you can start using the tools. Okay, I can sleep tomorrow. That's no Do you agree or disagree? No, I'm I, I agree 100%, but as I say, this is, I, I, I spoke about something, the Muna, and I know in the minute that you have really, really the deep Muna, you just don't worry. Ah, but, that's the next level. So now the deep level of Muna, what you're saying is where the person says, Rabbi Shlalem, this is my issue. This is what I'm afraid of. I need to face it tomorrow. Who knows how it's going to work out if I trust you or whatever choices i got to make, it'll work out. That's, again, facing the issue. Yes. And then the person's going to be accepting the situation, accepting the reality that he won't be able to sleep tonight will reduce the reality that he won't be able to sleep. The person is talking on a very high level, which is wonderful. And, yes, I have all this information 
but you've got to go where the client's at. And I disagree that the person that's calling up with this situation is right there at that time. Okay. Okay, we'll go to uh, Miss S., Mrs. S. Mrs. Oh. S., you're on with yeah, Mordecai hi. and Harav. Good evening. Hello. Good evening, Reviver. Uh, ah, I'm uh, calling a reference to the person who's talking about lacking of sleep. I had years of experience with this. I believe very strongly the first thing he needs is to get a physical checkup, take blood tests, a complete blood test, because if somebody is low on potassium, I'm not saying that's what it is, but if, or dehydrated, they will have lack of sleep. That's right. It, or how it, about it not even eating well? How about their B levels are me, down? But and how about the thyroid down? My doctor was away, and he was on vacation, and the other doctors did not know what's wrong with me. I couldn't eat or sleep, and I was not experienced years ago. But this doctor came back and taught me how to, first of all, no matter what stress a person has, they have to eat properly, drink properly, go for counseling, and go to Reuben and Reb and discuss, try to get help from Chachumen how to deal and with let's the let's also with put in vitamins. correct? I also want to mention vitamins. Take vitamins. Oh, yeah, my doctor gave me system. vitamins, definitely. That's he right. taught me how to eat properly and vitamins, but he has to have a complete physical checkup Thank and you. a complete blood test to see how his potassium or, or dehydration or I am what, if a there's very big believer in what you said. When a person 100%. is under stress, they usually don't eat and drink correctly. Yes, and not eating will continue that cycle of your mind thinks worse, negative thoughts. When we don't eat, we get more negative. When we don't sleep well enough, as this person's not sleeping, it continues a vicious cycle of being down, not having enough energy, not able to face the issues. But he, oh. he has to avalanche. find out how his blood test is. It's avalanche if, of... If it's the potassium low, is the hydration yeah. low, to see, you know, get the results of that, see if that's an issue, then to eat and drink properly, take vitamins. Yeah, my doctor gave me uh, a lot of vitamins. And definitely go for counseling and to Ruben already discuss his problems. That's right. I, I learned one thing in life. Problems, I have to make myself happy and know that the Bizelba, Hashem who helped me yesterday will help tomorrow. It took me years of working on myself. That's exactly it. So you hit the entire makeup of what has to happen. So you re- dealt with the physical part. You dealt with the emotional, physical part means go for blood tests, eat, drink. We dealt with the taking vitamins, that's the physical. We dealt with the emotional part of going to therapists to speak. We dealt with the rachnius part, go to a rav, work on your amun and betachen. And we dealt with the logical part, which is speak to someone that can help guide you and actually give you real solutions to the financial issues. So yeah, when I say that people are made up of four components, the rachnius, the physical, the mental means the logic part, getting advice technically, and the emotional part of feelings. You just mentioned all four. That's exactly because what we need I, to do. I had a lot of experience, and I couldn't wait to give over the message. I hope the gentleman is on the phone to hear this. And Merit Hashem, they are, and if they're not, others are on the line that will hear it and can take some of that suggestion and advice. So thank you for thank that. Thank you. You're Thank very you for welcome. Your the number work. to you call up is 718-683-5858. Amen. 683-5858-718-683-5858. We're looking for your questions or your comments. Ravnison, who are we going to next? We'll go to Mrs. L. Mrs. L. Hi. Hi. Um, so um, I have a teenager, um, she, a girl, and it's a house of boys. Mm-hmm. And um, she gets extremely agitated about typical technically boyish behavior, in particular noise they make while they're eating. Like she gets, close your mouth, stop. And especially on Shabbos, it's Mamash Gafrela around the table with a bunch of boys. Um, is this typical normal behavior? Is, this, is there anything I can do about it? 
Well, 100% it's normal. These are family issues whenever something is not balanced. I personally, we have, in my family, we have a girl family of one boy, Kanai Nahara, and five girls. So it's the other way. The issue, it's not if, if there's an issue. The issue is how do you work on it? Right. The issue is how do you create the awareness to your teenage daughter that these are what boys do. Boys and girls are different. They act different. And how can you find peacefulness being around boys? Right. How can you also find it to maybe connect more to friends, have more friends over, or go more to friends, so this way she can have that outlet? Mm-hmm. So many times we fight, let's say when a sister would fight with brothers while you're all so noisy, either the boys are bothering the girls, or the girl feels she wants a girl house and she's not accepting that this house is a boy's house. So she might she might be upset, why isn't my house like my friend's house? And we need to a little speak reality. Well, this is what Hashem gave us. Now, how can we enjoy it? Right. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I try to explain to her, the more that you tell them and like make a duggish of it, more boys are boys. They they get a royal out of, you know, getting you upset about it so it goes louder and louder and That's noisier right. and boys, noisier. In, yeah, boys enjoy teasing. And right. when girls start acting sometimes like girls, then the boys, this is great schaira, this is gasoline exactly. to put on the fire. And therefore we need to teach her that Channel, when like you speak what? to girls, you use one type of language. When you speak to boys, you speak another. Mm-hmm. And now you can offer her, if she's able to listen, do you want to be right or do you want to get your way? Mm-hmm. You don't think this is like a sensory issue or anything like that? No, it's very no, normal. Girls re- are usually more polite. Your girls are uh, than boys. Forgive me, right. guys, for saying this, but uh, they mature. the women mature quicker. They're more aware of everything that we are. That's just the reality. Mm-hmm. Thank you so so much. I really appreciate it because it was mamish like gefalach. <laughs> so like this, at least okay, we can we can try along this path of of showing what's right or like you mentioned. Thank you so yeah, much. I really really appreciate her it. Means if she needs to have girls around, maybe you could make it Shabbos afternoon. The boys are out of the house because sometimes you don't want to have boys and girls at the same time, and she can have her friends over for two three hours on Shabbos. So now it will be a girls. A girl's house. Very good She idea. has the right to feel that. She has a right to feel comfortable in her house. Right. Or on the second floor, she can have girls over, and none of the boys can go up for two, three hours, just right. using that as an example. Right. Excellent. Boys enjoy teasing the girls yeah. at that age. The exactly. girls are upstairs, and they make noises. They'll throw something, and part of your job is to make sure that the boys are not there. Right. Okay. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Our like pleasure. Yeah. Listen, do you remember those? Please know the stories with all that. That the teenage boys are always teen, are always are teasing the girls. I've, <laughs> you know, we we have all kids and teenagers. I I have and I and I remember also. So it's it's normal and you know have to be uh, working in the. First of all, I would say that territory is very important. Territory yeah. defined territory. And it's a, if they have a territory, the girls has this, their own room, the boys has their own room, or the same corners, just not not interfere and try to basically uh, be United Nations, be a peacemaker. <laughs> not, yeah. the real, not the real United Nations, but uh, something, uh, you know, not the fake United Nations, the real United Nations that uh, make peace between the, you know, this spatially when you have, I know that when the, the daughter bring a girlfriend, as the boys already just, you know, starting uh, trying to do this. And, you know, that's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, really, uh, I, you know, this, this hour as a parent, have to find the balance in between this and give the, each, each kid his own corner and his own territory and his own timing. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and she, the daughter, deserves to have a house where she feels comfortable and safe at the same time, the boys are still boys, and that's some of the navigation that a parent works on. Yeah. Uh, the number is uh, 718-683-5858. <laughs> we didn't mention it wrong. Right, so sorry, 718-683-5858. We're mm-hmm. listening and ready to take any questions. I didn't see that. Uh, it's too cold. Right, it's so too cold again, the number is 718 
I would probably take one of the messages that someone asked again about stress, and it was as follows. Thank you for your show. I enjoy it every week. I have TMJ, and my doctor says it comes from stress. Do you believe that it does, and how does it work? So first, let's explain to some people TMJ by the jaw, that when people sleep, their jaw can be very tight. It is generally a sign of stress that when we're sleeping and we're keeping in stress, our body is tight. Even while we're sleeping, it is tight. So that is why TMJ has a lot to do from stress. Now the person is also writing, I suffer from it during the night, and I wake up with headaches, earaches, and pain in my face and throat. Thank you. And this is, again, classic consistent with TMJ, where we need to where we need to recognize we're under stress and our body is sleeping. And when we're sleeping, our subconscious is talking very, very clearly. So it's important that we recognize this. Again, the number is 718-683-5858. We are waiting for a caller or two. Go ahead. Mrs. F. F. Hi, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you loud and clear. You'll just hear a bit of an echo, but we hear you loud and clear. Okay, amazing. Um, I know that you don't like taking parenting questions under the age of eight, but um, this is about a child who's seven, um, but I don't think it's a parenting question. <laughs> so okay. can I ask it? <laughs> um, basically, she's having a lot of fears at night. Um, I could trace it back to one time when I think she was a little traumatized, um, one time, I lived in an apartment building, and I thought she was asleep in her bed, and um, I went out down for a minute to get the mail, and when I came back up, she was screaming in the hallway. I guess she hadn't fallen asleep, and she was frantic that she didn't see me in the house. Um, and ever since then, she was always afraid. She was like, follow me around the house. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Don't you think it happens all the time that kids always wake up and they don't see the parents in the house? Um, could be. So why would I would say doesn't this happen many times with each child that something like this should happen? Um, I don't know. You tell me, does it happen a lot? Yes, every child that I know has woken up several times throughout their childhood, and the parent wasn't there. They're afraid. Yeah. Okay. So if it happened one time, let's make other assumptions that there are issues for anxiety. So my classical first question goes as follows to either you or your husband and don't answer that, have fears. Or you feel you've overcome your fears that you had, but you had fears or anxiety. Okay. Okay, so just to remind everyone, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And now let me explain to you about anxiety that we discuss a lot. Anxiety is something that is felt within ourselves. It's something that we are an inner peace and inner confidence that will then give. This is something we can give over to others. Mm-hmm. And when we don't have the inner confidence, this will come across. So just as a classical example, just to illustrate how two people will deal with a three-year-old kid waking up in the middle of the night saying, Mommy, I don't see you. Where are you? The one that's afraid or that has a little anxiety will go over to the child and say, Oi, and they want to start sympathizing because that's what they need as an adult. You are afraid? Were you afraid of a monster? Were you afraid of someone bad thing going to happen to you? Don't worry. Mommy's here to protect you. There's nothing to be afraid of. The monsters, oh, there are no monsters. You see what's... And they're talking about monsters and going and tell there's nothing to be afraid and giving them so much validation that the more they're talking, the more they're talking, you're, you're bringing up the monsters over and over and over. And then in the morning, do you remember your sleep last night? You slept monsters. Why would you think about monsters? There are no monsters, and all you're talking about monsters. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the family member, the parent, which has no anxiety, and the kid wakes up and says, I'm afraid of monsters. Oh, you're afraid of monsters. Okay, just go into bed. Mommy's right here. Yeah, but it was just, don't worry. Everyone has it. Just go to sleep. Think of positive, good stuff. But I'm afraid. Here, take mommy's pillow. Just lay down in bed. Move on. In the morning... They don't even talk about it. They don't even bring it up. And the kid moves on just like every other kid that had a single, a thought or a nervous thing, and you just move on. Many times when parents have a certain issue, I watch and I see how they're unfortunately creating that fear, that hysteria. 
And that is part of it, that when people have anxiety, they don't even realize how they're keeping the anxiety environment in the process. And sometimes I see the other way around, that because the parent has anxiety and they felt that too much focus was done, the way I just described it, they're the other way around. So the kid says, you know, I'm afraid to speak publicly. You have nothing to be afraid of. You're confident and you move on. Where if a parent is balanced, they'll go, I know, so let's practice how you'll do it three, four times because it's normal. But it's not focused on, so are you afraid of the laugh at you? Are you afraid of, are you afraid that they're not going to accept you? A parent that has anxiety will either completely disavow the entire concept and let go and not even let them speak about it. Or the other way, they're going to be talking about every single fear and validate. I know it's so scary. I know it's so, it's so hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And when a parent doesn't have that, they're able to just talk about it, do it, and the child will the safety of the parent that this is normal. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, okay, so practical advice for what's going on now. We don't do practical advice. We only create awareness on this program. I hear. Okay, fine. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Certainly. So what would you like to say about that? Again, I'm just uh, handling oh. uh, quite a few, uh, uh, you know, annoying uh, kids. <laughs> With all the respect, <laughs> yeah. just calling uh, nonstop. And I have the numbers, wow. and I don't want to announce it right on the radio, but I know that after the show I'll contact the parents and I have all the numbers that uh, really these kids are playing uh, games. Yeah, so kids, please, we're not here to get prank calls. It's actually to create an awareness. There are other programs on jritradio.com that does have for children, just not this program. So the number to call up is 718 And we do look forward to taking your questions and your comments. So please, go ahead, call up. Looking forward to get your questions and your comments. So uh, right now we don't have any uh, caller, any uh, text. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's go and get again one more time. The number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. One of the points I probably will want to bring up, something that is a concept that sort of from the last call is about parents, about anxiety. It's so important for us to focus on ourselves. When the powers within us, we have that lighthouse, we create peace and confidence. And I discuss this a lot. And just remember, that's within us. Instead of sending your kids to therapy, please go yourself. But don't go yourself saying, I'm coming for therapy, how to help my child. No, I want you to come and say, I worked on 80% of my anxiety, but there's still 20% there, and I can see it's happening to my children or to my family members, so therefore I want to change and get rid of that last 20% and identify what's happening in there. We'll go to so, Mrs. Yep. We'll go to Mrs. S. Hello. Mrs. S, yep. You're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hi, thank you so much. Um, my question is like this. I want to know if there's a, like, a specific, I mean, I know you don't, you don't answer like how-to questions, but how could a person get rid of resentment um, for something that might have happened years ago, like something that hurt them, um, mm-hmm. that, that they just, just like, kind of stuck in their minds, like, can't get rid of it? So first of all, I've got an entire program, I think, on, on my phone line, and I think on jrootradio.com, they might even else have access to that. But on my phone line, it's 718-298-2011. And in Section 1, I've got like 62 shiurim, how to, how to do work on certain emotional issues. They're an hour program. And about, I think program number 62 is about how to go from anger to inner peace. So resentment and anger... Come, I have certain yesidas, and I'm going to share with you one or two of those yesidas. Number one is, when we have a resentment to someone in the past, it's not only in the past, it's actually happening right now. That means maybe this person isn't doing it to you, but someone else is. So let me share with you an example. Let's assume someone feels that it's not right that the teachers never valued me, they never picked on me. Now we have sometimes calls with that's coming in, I was never valued by a certain teacher. 
What we're going to find is that this issue is happening right now in the person's life, that they are feeling that either the husband or their children or their friends are not valuing them, but other people are. Mm-hmm. So the issue is we sometimes blame or go to the other ones, but the, the, no, as we focus on the teacher, but the issue is in the present time. Or even if the issue is not in the present time, we don't have yet a solution that if the problem will happen in present time, so we're still vulnerable, in that case the brain will still go to that person that we're angry about. That's why it's extremely important to first work out the issue within yourself before you confront that person that you have resentment about. Let's just deal with this concept. What do you say to this thought? Um, that makes sense. Sometimes a person is trying to change, and um, sometimes it might like the person is really working on it, but it might might feel like it's too little, too late. So you realize that the person is working on it, but you, like I feel like I'm still. Let's on recognize. So I'm not talking about person A, the one that did the action. Let's say the teacher that might have been a strict teacher, and now the person felt all a victim. What I'm saying is B, the one that feels the victim. Recognize how currently in your life, if this would happen again, you don't have a way to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And since you don't have a way to protect yourself, you're projecting your issue and your anger onto the other person when the issue is yours. Learn how to protect yourself, and then, boy, will you see how it will change. So I'll share with you a story, because it's going to be completely confidential, not share any information, but someone that I knew very well that was angry at a certain Rebbe and felt it took away his chavrusas. And for 10 to 15 years after this, Bachar left the yeshiva, married, he even went to work out of the Kaila life, the yeshiva life, and he was angry. Every year comes Yom Kippur and thinking, who am I angry at this Rebbe? He's angry at because he felt that he had some three, four very difficult years. And what this person did was he went over to this Rebbe, called him up between, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, says, I want you to know every single year when I think about it, my heart is still heavier on you. I know that now that I'm older and more mature and wiser, that not necessarily did you do it on purpose or do you even know what was happening, but this is the heavy heart that I have. You know what this Rebbe said? This Rebbe said, do you know you've never come over to me and shared this with me even when you're in yeshiva? You never told me you thought that I ruined your chavrusas. You never thought, you never told me that you thought I'm not working on behalf of you. He said, had you had the power then that you have now, and I would have known that you feel that I'm either ruining your, your chavrusas or I'm not working for you, he says, you would have no idea how much I'd work for you. So do you realize how the person that took a while of therapy for him to grow, for him to be able to defend himself, once he defended himself, the Rebbe says, of course I would have protected you. I was not aware of it. Mm-hmm. And he says, I would never purposely want to hurt you. I'm a Rebbe. I'm here to help you. So I would take that same example to you. How many years are you upset and resentful at a person when part of the issue is that you're not able to protect yourself? So you're upset, why are you doing this to me? Don't you know it hurts me? Instead of you learning to be strong enough to actually protect yourself. Mm -hmm. What would change if you can protect yourself that that person won't have to change? You will be able to protect yourself that that person now will change. What do you think will change now in your resentment to them? You're saying that once you come up with a protection plan, the resentment goes away, kind of just goes away. Most, that's one of the strongest components. That's not the only solution, but that's a large part of the solution, yes. When you can protect yourself, all of a sudden that person loses their power over you. Now, that is step one. Step two is actually informing that person. You know that I'm angry at you. You know that I'm disappointed at you, and I want to work it out. But before we work it out, I first want you to own up to it. I want you to hear what you did wrong. What if it's a person that you can't really confront that way, like an in-law? Why not? Um, how would like how would that be told to like? Why can't you confront the person? If it's I don't know anyone that you like can't that. confront. Parents, there's a coveted way to work things out with them. A rav, there's a very coveted way how to approach them. Sure, I've never heard of this concept. Why can't you discuss with anyone? Now you want to discuss it. You're afraid the person might explode. We're back to step one. You don't have yet the protection, how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're not holding on to resentment to them. The resentment is first to yourself, the weakness within yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear so that you're makes sense. S- Explain that, what were you just saying? No, that, that makes sense. You have to first have the protection plan in place. 
Of course. So you're, but I want you to recognize when a person holds resentment to someone for many years, recognize that before you're going to be busy attacking them, then you've got to sort of work on yourself first before you're, uh, before you're facing them. Mm-hmm. And what does a protection plan entail? But someone that you confront. Now you're it. asking detail. This is again in therapy, so we need to know the detail of the relationship, the detail mm-hmm. of how you're afraid to face or what the person will attack you, how they'll attack you emotionally, just you. They'll use your family, your spouse, your children to get back to you. They will deny it. They will say it's not true. Each of these are now detailed points that needs to be in a therapy environment. We're just creating awareness over here. Right. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep, so I want you to know that this story is one of those beautiful Kiddush Hashems of a person that I knew that was angry at his Rebbe for 15 years, and just speaking to that Rebbe, he was able to see, it's me that I'm angry at. I couldn't defend myself. I couldn't go over to the Rebbe when I was a Bacher and say, why are you taking away from my Chavrusas? For the Rebbe will say, I never took it away. In fact, that Rebbe even said, do you know how I would have helped you? But you know sometimes Bach will tell you, I want to be a Chavrusa, and then they go into the Rebbe's room, and they say, I really don't want to learn with him, I just don't want to hurt his feelings. And the Rebbe said, had you been able to come over to me, then I could have helped you, I could have been honest with you, and told you, well, these Chavrusas aren't real, aren't real, or they wouldn't take you, but others will. Mm-hmm. All right, so recognize the power always starts within us. Okay, thank you so much. You're very, very, very welcome. So I think we're going to finish at this time, Rav Nissen. Yeah, correct. Excellent. So I'd like to thank everyone for calling in, and I appreciate, Rav Nissen, thank you for taking all the calls, especially dealing with the children and the prank callers. And, uh, <laughs> Hatzlacha.